Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood. This is SoFloRadio.com. Look here. Now I got a little groove maker. Something I'd like to do. Since we're we're here, we might as well get the best out of it. If it's all night, it's all right. Look here. You ready, band? Dancers, you ready? You ready, audience? All right. You ready, flames? You ready again? Now we got a little thing we call a little groove maker. But we say a few little words and get you to repeat after. And then we get together and do it together. Bill, and is you ready? Because we're going to tear you down. <laughs> I hope the Bill can stand all his soul because this show got a lot coming on. Uh, get it. 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 Get it. Uh, and then be cool. <laughs> all right. Now, this is the way it goes. Listen to me, let me say that two or three times and then we'll go together. Now listen to this. Say, hey, hey, I feel all right. Hit it. Uh. And listen to me, let me do it now. Let me put the thing on you and then we'll get together. Yeah. All right. Keep it mellow. <laughs> hey, hey, I feel all right. One time. Uh. Listen to me. Hey, hey. Feel alright. Uh, uh. You got it? I'll go one more time so I make everything mellow. Hey, hey. I feel alright. Three times. Uh, uh, uh. You got it now. You got it? Alright, we'll go together. Come on. Hey, hey. I feel alright. One time. Uh. <laughs> All right, come on now. <laughs> All right, come on, brother. Hey, hey, I feel alright. Hit it. Um. He got something else on his mind, eh? He don't do. <laughs> You want me to hurry up and get off the stage so you can go home, you dig it? Come on now, brother, stay with me, don't leave me here. Yeah, let's take all this groove away. Ready now? Come on. I'll be... Yeah, bring it, bring it on, man, because I get away. Come on now. Come on. Hey, hey. You ain't gonna do right now. Hey, hey, I feel alright. Two times. A man got to get his extra thing in there. Well, you just go and hit it about five, six times and be cool. 
back, baby. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Groove of Hi, of course, I'm Tony C. And as always, I'm seated next to the master of production engineering, the man who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth. And for the 90th time, he is the expediter of my dreams, my good friend, Los Georges. Thank you, thank you. You'll thank me by staying on that microphone. I will. I'm gonna. We're, we're getting right used. We're getting used to the new setup. The, the brand new setup. You already like the parking in the bathroom arrangement. Yes, better, the parking and the, bathroom arrangement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with all the the, 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 the constructions, of course. Oy vey, the construction Oy. on Hollywood Boulevard, which is going to be beautiful when they're done. Yeah. I, I got an aerial view of the construction there for a while at uh, one of my temp jobs, right, uh, right across the street from it. Oh, it's, it's an, it? It literally. I I'm so glad I don't have to drive down that block anymore. Of course, every Groovathon is firmly rooted in an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and, yeah, around the world, y'all. How are you doing, pal O'Mine? Doing great. You know? Doing great. I'll tell you something. It is actually nice to see you so chipper because I I was thinking about you the other day. Wednesday was, I believe, National Emoji Day. And once again, no roller skater. No roller skater. Okay, but you know what they did have? See, here's the thing. I thought this was going to be the year because they had a they've, they've included a wheelchair emoji. I was like, well, how do you think those people got in a wheelchair? They're roller skating. That's right. Some of them, some of them got dead. Yeah, I could. You know, I'll tell you that. People died. I considered opening. I was trying to think about what what would be the right show, right song to you know start the show off with. And you know, I had I had like this, you know, back in the saddle by Aerosmith or. Uh, you know the the opening of uh, Mama said knock you guys don't call it a comeback, All right? But seriously, James Brown's Little Groove Maker—that's the obvious choice. That is the obvious choice. Hey, I was—I've been looking at some of this stuff. I was telling you about this the other day. I had it backwards. This is the the line was. I think one of the most surprising things about going back in time is that it was actually in color. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the guy said. Man, I also I wrote this. I can't believe I wrote this down. I said. Here's a here's a name for a new anal themed porno series. The ends justifies the means. Oi, oi! I I don't know why I wrote that down. Life is hard, but it's harder if you're stupid. I heard that before. Somebody yeah. said that. Is that you know, sounds like Stephen Ray or something. Yeah, but that was the thing. I was like, is it because the ass-hatted living embodiment of the Dunning Kruger theory, better known as President Trump's core constituency, seem at least for the moment? To be the cognitively dissonant exception that proves the rule. You know? How hard is it for them? They don't find it so hard because they don't know that it's supposed to be that hard. I know that uh, you've been chomping at the bit to spew venom over the last... You've been telling me... I'm, ve- I'm very calm. I'm inspired to do a couple of different um, uh, radio... Well, I'm inspired to do different radio products uh, and, and a video product. But, but one of the radio products that I want to do is a you know, very sincere sermon. <laughs> Pre- preaching, reading scripture, and uh, and just pointing out, what, Act as if you pointing out the, what the Bible uh, says, uh, especially the New Testament, which you might not be uh, well versed in. No. I, you know, I'm but uh, never, nevertheless, um, you know, there are some people running around proclaiming their faith, 
And uh, I, 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 Alleg- I faith, allegiance. It, it, it occurs to me that a lot of people aren't aware of uh, Jesus's position on a lot of things. I had a very recent conversation, and uh, and and became aware that a lot of people With are Jesus. very unaware of what Jesus had to say on a variety of issues. He was very consistent and minced no words on a variety of issues. And I want to uh, talk about was it he a little pissed? sincerely was and it, seriously. Like, did he have a little angst? No, going no. Well, on? He, he got mad once, but um, but other, other talk than about that, that, he's maintaining. Other than that, he just uh, spoke very matter-of-factly about some things, and very flatly, and he gave, he gave bit like very good, uh, uh, in case you're confused, let me spell it out for you kind of examples. That's nice, it's nice. Sure. I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, say hello to the big guy for me. You know, uh, JC, JC in the house. Sure. You know, I'm, yeah. it's, it's so, fine, as the, I'm not, I'm not exactly a uh, believer that he's necessarily the child of God and whatnot, but he had some very poignant things to say. Well, you would expect, I would expect, one would expect that if you proclaim to be a follower of his teachings, yes. that you would hold to, uh, uh, hold to those. One things. of them, any one of them, any, <laughs> any one, one, any one, but I, I've got a couple of favorites that I think are very, very important that are, that are linchpins, because um, if you define your, your salvation by a, a person's criteria, and that person spells out the criteria, uh-huh. well, there you are. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, frankly, I, I'm surprised that Mike Pence hasn't taken his neighbor sure. out to the edge of town and stoned him to death for uh, wearing it's, two different it, threads. It's or way simpler than props. that. When it's, when it's time for the sermon, uh, you just uh, let me know. You, yeah. know. you just cue me later Absolutely. on the next time. You know, I'll give you a little tidbit. Oh, okay. That's you know, good. I mean, I figure, yeah, I figure sure. it shouldn't be a problem for uh, Donald Trump, who is now who thinks the Bible's the greatest book in the world, for him to actually give serious consideration to selling his daughter Ivanka into slavery, as sure. the Bible well, the, gives him there, permission to do. Th- th- that is uh, always an option. Hey, she's very entrepreneurial. I, I, I figured at some point we're going to morph into like... But I think he could, he could get um, more in trade for her, like the, <laughs> like the opening bit. He need not <laughs> slave her out. 80, 80, 80, you got 80, you got 80. I love that right. from Barrett those, those, Though she's unchaste, I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, she could probably fetch a price. I would, you yeah. know, I would imagine she could. I mean, I figure at some point during the show, you and I are going to morph into like a Tommy gun of righteous indignation because you got it all built up. But you know what? I've, the, I've, I've gone past that. Uh, if if uh, a few months ago, I might have. You might have uh, t- tapped into a really, raging, a raging moment. Uh, they're winning uh, through attrition. You can't let them win through attrition, my man. It's 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 not that. This is this is how I'm fighting the fight <laughs> through Jesus. Well, I'll tell you something. What we would Jesus do? I'm going to do that. Well, that's yeah. What would you? I'm, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to point to point it out to people what Jesus would have us do. Okay. All right. Well, according, you know what? According to the Bible, according to Jesus, as written in the Bible. Oh, your Bible. Yeah, you got your yeah. Bible, and well, I, yeah, mine incorporates yours. It's, uh, it's it's part of it. But then they really. Then so they, you're a fl- fan of Larry Flint as well, because my Bible's oh, that, that that Bible. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. <laughs> you can you can continue to contribute the humor that uh, during the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we have got a ton of stuff to talk about. But uh, you know, the, the real key is that everything is pillared upon the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. We are coming up at, uh, what, what is it, about half past two? About yeah. half past two, and the only Hollywood that matters. Yeah, man, the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida. That is, I mean, it's uh, bright and early, 8.30 a.m. on the Big Island of Hawaii. Aloha to the Kau crew and my friend AB3 out on Oahu. 
That means it's uh, supper time. Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, Lisbon, the rest of Western Europe. And yeah, about 9.30 at night, okay, in Istanbul, Turkey, where my gal Rebecca Celeste, okay, continues to straight up rep the groove for the entire Eastern Bloc. Yo, Gramps, you ready to replenish the uh, global, global groove uh, I'm supply? I'm ready. I got my sweaty finger on All the All you right need now. is a twitch of the finger, then saddle up, y'all. The Groove Don is back on SoFloRadio.com.
Man! Ma'am, sorry. What knight lives in that castle over there? I'm 37. Uh, what? I'm 37. I'm not old. Well, I can't just call you man. You could say Dennis. I didn't know you were called Dennis. Well, you didn't bother to find out, did you? I did say sorry about the old woman, but from behind you looked... What I object to is you automatically treat me like an inferior. Well, I am king. Oh, king, eh? Very nice. And how do you get that, eh? By exploiting the workers. By hanging on to outdated imperialist dogma which perpetuates the economic and social differences in our society. If there's ever going to be any progress... Dennis, there's got... some lovely filth down here! Oh! How'd you do? How do you do, good lady? I'm Arthur, King of the Britons. Whose castle is that? King of the who? The Britons. Who are the Britons? Well, we all are. We are all Britons. And I am your king. I didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self-perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes... Oh, there get... you go, bringing class into it again. That's what it's all about. If only people would... Please, realize... please, good people. I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more Be major... quiet. I order you to be quiet. Order? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. Well, how do you become king, then? The Lady of the Lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering Samite, held aloft Excalibur from the bosom of the water, signifying by divine providence that I, Arthur, was to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! Oh, but you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! Oh, but if I went round saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they'd put me away. Shut up! Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up! Oh. Come and see the violence inherent in the system! Help! Help! I'm being repressed! Bloody peasant! Oh, what a giveaway! Did you hear that? Did you hear that, eh?
go to Elvis Costello. I can't stand up for falling down. It's from Get Happy. I was, uh, I guess he, he put together a uh, mammoth list of the 500 essential albums in music history, according to him. Okay? I'm an Elvis Costello fan. Let me tell you something. Basically, the list sucks. It's, it's just, it's pretentious. That's, that's how I found it. it the, the list was, was pretentious. And, you know, there were, there were albums that I just couldn't believe he didn't have on there. And, like, certain bands, you know what he had? You know, he was lazy in this regard. He had a lot of greatest hits albums on there. And I, I get it, okay? But, like, Lady Soul wasn't on there. Aretha Franklin's Lady Soul. That's a, for me, that's one of the 500 essential albums. I, I couldn't believe it wasn't on there. Before that, Velvet Revolver, Slither from Contraband, came out in 2004. That's one of those uh, super group type, you know, collaborations. Slash and uh, who's the dead guy now from uh, STP? Scott Whelan's in okay. that. Uh, before that, I love this song, man. Okay, Bob Marley and the Wailers, Simmer Down. A simmer Down. All right. That is from the first record that he recorded. Um, it's called The Wailing Wailers from 1965, and it's the first album that he recorded with uh, Peter Tosh and Neville Livingston, and also uh, what was at the time the uh, Studio One backing band in Kingston, uh, the Soul Brothers, I think they were called. So there's some interesting music for you from The Wailing Wailers in 1965, early Bob Simmerdown. Before that, yeah, okay, we can't get enough, can we? The Monty Python. We oh, can't. No, no. Okay. Who can? Yeah. We have all this stuff memorized. And honestly, I think the timing for that bit of jocularity is uh It's a civics lesson. Absolutely. Before that, yeah. This is this is as funky as it gets funkadelic. Good to your ear hole. Let's take it to the stage from nineteen seventy five. Eddie Hazel, guitar player on that, is awesome. Which reminds me this reminds me of something. Don't make yeah. any plans for August 30th. You want to know why? Because I got us tickets. Let me find this. Here it is. It's not going to be jazz, is it? Oh, yeah. I like... got us tickets to One Nation Under a Groove block party for me and you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. That's Where? right, baby. P-Funk, George Clinton, and you know who's playing with him? Fishbone. Oh, awesome. How's that? That's How do you great. like that, baby? Pick Wonderful. up those tickets Thank for you. us. So I'm psyched to see that. I saw a P-Funk. That's great. I thought you were going to... Make me watch some jazz or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm you wouldn't going, be the first person. I'm actually going to not punish you by by uh, insisting that you come. I guess it's a week from tomorrow or Sunday at uh, at the Funky Biscuit up in Boca is uh, special EFX. And uh, my brother Dan was like, hey, you know, you sent me a note saying, hey, you should go to this thing. Uh, just, you know, give me a call. I'll put you. I'll make sure you're on the list with those guys. You know, they he represents, I don't know. Somebody in a band or the guitar player. Some other people, though, they're playing the night before on uh, the night before uh, Funkadelic, uh, One Nation Under Groove, is a band that I really love. And they're playing at uh, the Funky Biscuit, and it's uh, Carl Denson's Tiny Universe. So, and I played some stuff by them. He's also done some work with Great Boy All Stars. So, that might be a back to back Groovus Maximus weekend for me. Also, my friend Ginger sent me a note saying that uh, she got tickets for uh, me and her to go to see Matt Schofield's very good guitar player. So I've got a lot of shit lined up as far as live music for August. Before the uh, Funkadelic, uh, yeah, Far Side Running from Lab Cabin, California. It uh, came out in 95. That was, you know, Jay Dilla 
and uh, he produced that track. The uh, some of the great sampling on that is from Stan Getz. Some great uh, samba stuff that he did on that. That was I think it was their second album. Kicking off the set, yeah. You can't go wrong with it. Then Lizzie waiting for an alibi from Black Rose Rock Legend 1979. That's the first album that they did. That was right after I left uh, Ireland and moved back to New York. But that was the first album that they did with uh, Gary Moore on guitar. And I was, you know, I do the homework so you don't have to. I was looking through some of the liner notes. As it turns out, Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and News, he plays uh, harmonica on a couple of the tracks on that oh, album. Oh, how about that? Yeah. You know, this was, uh, you know, my mom right now is actually in Dublin. She's uh, taking a little vacay, which is perfect because, you know, the heat wave that's going on with a punisher, but also she, she got to avoid the blackout, which was in her neighborhood. It was, uh, you know, she would have been blacked out. Okay. Okay. She, and I'm, I'm not sure I heard this somewhere, but that it, it was something like 40 some odd years to the exact day. It was like 40, I think it was 77 was the mm-hmm. big blackout in New York, but it was like literally 42 years to the day. And my mother was in, I was, uh, we were still living in Ireland at the time, but I was back here. I was in Maine, I think. And she was in New York when that blackout happened. But she's in Ireland right now, so she picked the perfect time to take the vacation. And I was poking around. There is an, an, an island, excuse me, off the west coast of Ireland called Aranmore. Okay. And what the, basically, the population has been steadily decreasing. Okay, and it's now it's it's very easy to get from the island to I believe the I believe it's Shannon would be the uh, closest city to the island. It might be a little bit further south. The island, okay, but what they're doing is they're now literally like promoting themselves to have Americans come move over because they've got wife like you know free Wi-Fi for the whole island <laughs> and stuff, and it's easy to get back and forth now, so you're not feeling so isolated. So they're 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 kind of pushing that. So. If you're looking for a change of pace, I recommend the Irish island of Aranmore. Aranmore. Okay. Also going on in Ireland right now is the British Open in Northern, which is taking place in Northern Ireland, which is, you know, something that's with with all that's going on with the uh, with Brexit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is that's the one place of all the places that it could fuck up. It's the border, uh, you know, where Ulster is. Mm-hmm. Um, the border between Northern Ireland and uh, the Republic of Ireland. Just to be clear, okay, the whole fucking thing should be the Republic of Ireland, and I don't want to hear shit about it. You know, wow. I've I've, I've, I've had could, this discussion before it, when I played Rory Gallagher's it's, it's on the It's not course. just a, that conversation isn't just a slippery slope. It's just like it's a it's a backwards head over oh please feet tumble. <laughs> Did you see there is there's this bike race? Uh, I've got a video of it. I, I shall, I'll send it to you. But it takes place every year. It's in the French Alps. It's on the side of a. It's on like it's at like twelve thousand feet on a glacier. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's like these five. It's hundreds of guys on a bicycle on bicycles on like ice, and literally they they sat and they. But in this year's one, I'll I'll show you the video. They, about twenty seconds into it, there is a one guy slips mm-hmm. a little bit and. The effect, the domino effect, the domino effect is the funniest thing I've ever seen. You can't believe. All right, send me that link. That these people do this stuff. So, yeah, 
We've had an interesting uh, – we both moved. We both moved. I had to. They sold the, the place that I was renting. Yeah. And um, so this place opened up. The same guy that sold the uh, the place I was living at said, uh-huh. I have another place. He felt bad selling the property up from under me. I'll, uh, what happened to the, the people that were living downstairs? You know, the the, 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 the gentleman is no longer with us. Okay, yeah, because I yes. remember that he was uh, – And the lady is still there? Really? She, yeah. she hung in there? The property, though, you won't recognize it, though, if you drive by. It's, uh, yeah, it's, what's an, it's on an industrial. It's been developed. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. I, was, I was kind of surprised, you know, that, yeah. that it, it was that long. You know, you know, that's the kind of quaint place that can't be the permanent home for a dignified grandfather that, uh, like I aspire Grab's to be. Grab's Master Flash, baby. That's right. Because, yeah, no, uh, this, place, know, this place, you've got the yard. Yeah, Bogobrit said it was adorable. It is adorable. You know, it's, uh, I have a yard. I have a nice tree. I have a nice front yard. I have a nice backyard. And covered, covered parking. Covered parking. Mm-hmm. Big, beautiful tree. And for, and, and, the, the, the ease of access for things like the bathroom. The bathroom is feet away from the yeah. – the, the studio is technically a, a Florida room. It's not the living room. It's not a bedroom. It's it's a Florida room because all these windows open, said, well, where are we? open to nature. Hollywood. We're in Hollywood, Florida, very Florida, close baby. to the beach. It's not – Ten, we're not 10 minutes from the beach. We're 10 minutes from where we're sitting to being in the water. That's yeah. including time from getting up and oh, going well, into the I car. I am now yeah. in Pompano Beach. Yeah. You can uh, literally – I can mm. get on a bicycle and bike from my house so, to the beach in about 10 minutes. So that's, that's what's drive there going drink. on here. The studio is here and, and, and I'm here and, and you're here. And we're loving uh, it, man. It, I love it. It's I comfortable now. I want to do something with that area over there like a tapestry or, or something. Yeah, we'll where figure it out. There's just a, like a lot of blank space going on. And I, I'm just like, for me, okay, the, the, some of the things, first of all, the mango tree. I have a mango tree. Yeah, well, right. I want the mangoes then. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I've, I've literally had, you know, I spent the first like three, four months in the house, learning what I had to learn, okay? I'm from mm. New York. The fuck do I know? When something goes wrong, you call the super. I, I literally spent my entire life as the consummate, like, you know, gypsy bachelor. I Wherever I moved, okay, basically I would put the couch here, the television there. I would get the refrigerator magnets for the best local uh, pizza and Chinese delivery places, slap them up on the fridge. I moved in. That's it. All right. I, I can live out of boxes and have for, you know, years. All right. So this is literally the first time that I have, you know, a house that is mine that I, you know, where I've got all my stuff and I'm unpacking. I've got artwork. You know, I've got, I have got storage space because I, I literally, I spent my life as somebody who wasn't nearly as concerned with acquiring stuff as I was with doing stuff. Okay. You know? And so now I've got a place. I have like all this storage space and I never, you know, my mom literally has had to send me stuff just to kind of fill it <laughs> because it was looked so barren, you know? I mean, I had nothing. You know, I had to go to rooms, what is it, uh, rooms to go. I bought, okay. I, I bought my first ever brand new bedroom set. All right. I, I, nice. Yeah. I, here's, you want to know what I'm proud of? Okay. I went to Brandsmart and I bought a charbroil five burner grill with a side, with a side. <laughs> it, okay. Okay. And but it was on sale, so of course you got to put it together yourself. And okay. I did, and, and? it works. <gasps> I'm so proud. I, of you. I, 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 hey, nice going, Dad. Hey, I got to tell Way you, to go. I bought a weed. I bought a, a, a oh. craftsman. Ooh. Craftsman. Yeah. I went to the craftsman, craftsman section. 
Bought myself a Weed Whacker Trimmer Edger with a uh, 20-volt ion lithium battery so that it goes into other things, all right? And that's like my new Zen thing now. I, I don't do the pool. I hired a pool service, okay, to, they yeah. once a week. You do, the pool. do the chlorine. 88 bucks a month. That's not bad. No, you got to mess with chlorine otherwise. Exactly. And, but the, the yard work, when I was living in Hawaii, I had to take care of a fucking acre of land. So what I have now, comparatively, is like a fucking postage stamp, you know? So I don't have a lawnmower, but what I do have is that weed whacker. And for me, that's the zen. That's the zen thing, you know? So you weed whack it, you, you're always going to miss that one blade of grass. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. You know, and so you got to go back and do that. It's like, it's like skimming the pool. You know, you skim the pool completely, and after you're done, there's that one leaf that has managed to fall in the other end of the pool. Oh, yeah. It's never, ah. be- it's never perfect. So over the uh, the last year, I saw a bunch of shows. Saw a bunch of live shows. I saw uh, Eric Gales at uh, Funky Biscuit. He was pretty cool. He actually has this sound because I was standing next to Matt Scove. I went with uh, Ginger. Uh, my friend hooked me up with tickets to that. She's the one who got tickets for the Matt Schofield show that's coming up. And when we were at the Eric Gale show, she's a huge fan. She knows the whole band. She knows Eric. She knows all these guys. And um, when I was there... Uh, I was actually standing uh, for a little while during, like, in between sets with Matt Schofield. I was chatting with him. And I told him, I said, you know, he actually has a sound that's very much like Eddie Hazel, the guitar, the original guitar player for Parliament and Funkadelic. And he goes, well, I think he sounds like Eric Gale. And about a half hour later, you know, into, into a couple of songs, he come, comes over to me, he goes, you know, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I was, so I was pretty proud. I saw... This is uh, one, she took me to that show, so it was a returning the favor. I took her to, uh, there's a tour that happens every year, the Hendrix tour. Um, it's Billy Cox, who is the uh, bass player for Band of Gypsies. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Bootsy Collins, okay, who has come out, unfortunately, in Bootsy Collins news, and, and I'm almost certain of this, he does have a new album uh, out, CD album, whatever. Yeah, and he's got a new slab of groove out. He's now pretty much him and George Clinton are basically the funkiest guys on the planet. James Brown was the funkiest guy on the planet, but he's the bridge between James Brown and Parliament Funkadelic because he played with James Brown, and then he he brought what he calls the one, which is coming in on the one beat, not the four beat, and he brought that to to George Clinton. George Clinton said changed everything. For P for P Funk and all that stuff, Bootsy's got his new album out, but he's not going to be touring anymore, unfortunately. Right. Um, and Bootsy is at this point, I I can make a claim on his behalf that he may be the most widely influential uh, musician, okay, on the planet currently, as far as the breadth of his influence. Okay, on his latest album, he's got Senri Kawaguchi, the uh, the little Japanese girl who's a d- monster on drums. I got some stuff from her for shows down the, for a couple of shows down the line. Okay, he like discovered Buckethead. Okay, he's the guy to put Buckethead in the studio for the cool. first time. He played. He's played not just with James Brown. He's got. He did a whole thing with uh, with bluegrass with funky bluegrass music. Okay. He's done tons of girl bands. He's played with uh, Bernie's Bucket of uh, Brains, you know, with Bernie Worrell, uh, Buckethead, 
um, brains, uh, you know, what's name? Brains from uh, Primus. Um, you know, I've got that coming up. I don't know. Do I have that today? Or maybe in the next show, show after this. Yeah, not this show. The, down the line, I got something with Stuart Copeland and Primus. It's pretty cool. I got Great. that lined up. So on this particular tour, you know, they, they rotate the, this Hendrix tour. They, they rotate the uh, people that are in it. It's different people every year. And as the tour goes around the country, different people for different parts of the country. But the show that we saw here, super duper convenient, in Pom- right at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater. I could have walked there from my house. Okay. Right. Was, um, it was the opening show of the tour. And you can't ask for a more perfect evening. It was like 75, no clouds in the sky, light breeze, low humidity, open amphitheater in Pompano Beach. It was, it was absolutely perfect. And on this tour, it was uh, Joe Satriani, uh, Dave Mustaine, you know, from Megadeth, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Lang, good guitar player, uh, um, on drums, they had a whipper, uh, the, what's his name from this, uh, from Steve Ray Vaughan's band, the drummer from that whipper, whatever, Zach Wilde was playing with him. Um, the bassist from the, uh, the, uh, Jelly Jam, uh, okay. uh, not Jelly Jam, from, uh, from, uh, King's X. Okay. King's X. The guitar player from King's X is in Jelly Jam with John Young and Rob Morgenstein. But uh, the bass player from King's X was playing bass. Uh, also, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of this guy now for some reason. Uh, Aron- I think it's Aronofsky. Um, on the drums. director? No, that's Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, he did Pi. It's, it's a name like that. But it's the drummer. He played drums for Billy Joel. This is a guy who's played drums. He's like in uh, the movie Hired Guns. He's played, he wears these sunglasses. He's bald. He's one of these guys that's... Whenever you watch these, uh, you know, like the the, the award shows and shit, mm-hmm. like you know, um, you know, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he's like one of the members of the band, like Will Lee, plays with everybody, and so he was he he was also part of that thing, and it's an excellent show. If you're a Hendrix fan, and uh, they do this pretty much every summer, I guess, you know, spring into summer. Um, if it comes to your town, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it nearly as much as I did, and I really, really, it was it was really well done. The way they did it, the people they used, the songs they chose, the rotating group of musicians, and then of course, the highlight of my concert uh, going series over the last year was um, Mata Hoople reunion. First time in I guess forty some odd years. They brought back three of the original members, which was Ian Hunter, um, uh, Morgan Fisher, and uh, the other guy, the, the, the whack job on guitar as well. Okay, and so they had those three, and then what they used as the re- the rest of the band was Ian Hunter's rant band, which uh, includes a Mark Bosch on guitar and one of my very, very good friends, Paul Page on bass. He just sent me a little text like, hey, you know, glad to see you back on here. Big Mets fan like me. And I've known him. I've known Paul now for 30 some years. <laughs> you know? but, oh, um, come on. You're old. But yeah. uh, I flew up uh, to, uh, to New York. And actually, I flew up to Philly first and stayed with my cousin because they were playing there two nights before. And so I said, 
you know, not for nothing. You know, I already got tickets for New York, mm-hmm. but I'm here. And, you know, so about three hours before showtime, he calls me and he goes, hey, you're in, baby. Put your dancing shoes on. Go to the, you, you know, go to Will Call. I got mm-hmm. your tickets. So my cousin comes back from work. I'm like, let's get ready. We hop in the car. We go there. Go to Will Call. Get our tickets. Eighth row center. I was, okay, Steve, my cousin looks over at me and goes, who the hell do you know? I went, see that guy right up there? <laughs> That's who I know. <laughs> All right. But then we saw the final New York, the final American show, which was at the Beacon Theater in New York. And with the Wallflowers opening, uh, Jacob Dylan's band. I actually interviewed him back in like 98 when I was doing some work for uh, a magazine called New Review Music Media and more. And he showed up. Uh, he went, came down to our offices on White Street which was uh, right down the block from the Mud Club. And, uh, and Billy's Topless was around the corner, so that was also pretty convenient. But um, the Beacon Theater is in my old neighborhood. This is literally where I grew up. Okay, my friend, you know, Eric, my friend Eric Alderman, also, you know, neighborhood guy, he, you know, we, we've had connections there. I'm, I've gotten into shows there for free over the course of my lifetime, numerous shows, but some of the shows I've seen there, I, mean, I saw Lou Reed there. The Kinks used to do a residency there every year. So I've seen them twice. The Allman Brothers used to do a residency there. They would, you know, every year before they would embark on a tour, they'd do like a series of six, seven shows to get everything together. This was their testing ground. They would do it at the Beacon for the New Yorkers. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Southern Rock, okay? If the New York once once the the the... the, the you know, the crowd at the Beacon approves. Then it's ready to be taken on the road. Saw the Dixie Dregs there on their own oh. unsung heroes. I saw Weather Report there. Second row with Jocko, Jocko Pastorius on bass. I saw that with uh, my friend Alon Portnoy. We were doing whippets at that show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, the thing about the Beacon is that um, it's, it's, an apart, it's a hotel and also like uh, part of it's also co-op. But underneath it, okay, so in one of the apartments up there, I used to go with my friend Barry. We used to play in a regular poker game up there. Okay, but underneath the beacon, when I was a kid, was a bar called uh, the Game Room. And when I was young, um, in high school and stuff, I used to go there. You know, the drinking age was only 18 in New York back at the time, and it's New York. So, you know, if you had the balls to walk into a bar like that at the age of 15 or 16... Mm-hmm. Okay, and with a straight face, say, yeah, you know, give me a beer and then sit down. It was one of those places where there were always, it was, a, you know, it was called the game room for a reason. There were, there was, you know, card games going on. There was a lot of gambling. And I used to go there and play a lot of backgammon. I was a backgammon right. player. And um, it was from there that I found out about the Mayfair, which is where uh, the, uh, you know, a lot of the, the hardcore poker players that, you know, emerged. The World Series of Poker just finished up. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was watching that live on ESPN. But uh, if you've seen the movie Rounders, the guys that wrote that, Copelman and uh, the I can't remember whose writing partner were, was um, that's how they got the idea for the movie Rounders was by going to the Mayfair. And I I used to go down there, and I originally played backgammon. The reason I stopped playing poker is because I decided one night to play poker there and realized I'm not on the level. Of these guys, I don't have okay the you know what it takes. I I just didn't have the the you know I I can sit down at at a normal 
game mm-hmm. with people and do pretty well. But these guys, you know, the people at the Beacon or the people at the Mayfair that, that were players back then before Rounders came out and everybody got into poker. But back in those days, all those guys, the original guys, the original Rounders, okay, um, they all went on to either be professional poker players or, or uh, options traders. <laughs> you know? They're all, you know, that's, that's what they all went on to do. So, um, let me see. What else? So, you've been busy. You've been running I around. I have. <laughs> There's a few things I wanted to point out that have taken place. So, some friends of mine have done some stuff uh, over the past year. Um, a very good friend of mine from high school, Moira Curland. Okay. She has been a writer for various and, you know, uh, associate, associate assistant producer, I guess, is the, the title. They don't put down writer anymore. Okay. Because the way it works, I guess, with a lot of these shows is that there's a bunch of writers and they don't all write each show. A writer writes an entire show. Okay. That's the way it works. I, I had a, a friend of mine who was a writer for, uh, I guess it was Another World. Yeah, one of the, uh, the soap operas. And the way that worked, okay, was. The writers wrote for characters. Okay. Okay. Whereas on these shows, like Moira's written for uh, Castle, Hawaii Five O, and then the last show she wrote for before she did her, her own show, uh, she was writing for Madam Secretary, which is, you know, that's some pretty highfalutin mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. And I remember talking to her, this is years ago. Um, she was talking about, uh, she asked me for some information regarding a particular subject. And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm working on, you know, my own show. I was like, oh, really? She's like, if you work in this business and you write for television, you are always, at all times, mm-hmm. working on your own show. Okay. You know? And as it turns out, I guess she's been putting this together in bits and pieces, you know, over the past 10 years. And she has her own show, which has premiered on NBC. It is called The In Between. It Great. is on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. I believe there are about four or five episodes into their first season. It is doing well. Um, so, you know, shout out to awesome. Moira, man. Yeah. Look, this is what she always wanted to do. Always. You know, she used to have a job that she got through her mom um, as like a receptionist at uh, BlackRock, which is the CBS building. You know, and I was working at Tower and we were living together this a long time ago. And this is what she's always wanted to do. And, you know, she has done what she had to do, worked her way into being in this position. And she did it. And might I add, okay, all while single-handedly raising an adopted, you know, a, a daughter that she adopted who's black. She adopted, you know, this this kid from Oklahoma whose parents, I guess, were, you know, drug addicts or whatever, and has turned Lily into a dynamite chick. Great. She is growing up to be, you know, the acorn that does not fall far from the the mother tree. Awesome. Which is a good thing. Um, What else? Kenny Sanzel. This is uh, my friend from New York uh, who wrote the... He wrote the screenplay for The Replacement Killers, the Cho Young Fat Mira Sorbino movie. And he's written and directed a number of movies over the years. As a matter of fact, a couple years ago, I was talking about the movie that he came out with with uh, Mickey Rourke, um, 
uh, blunt force trauma about the guys who are mm-hmm. who duel with guns, you know mm-hmm. that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I saw that. Bra- yeah, it's pretty cool, kind, yes. you know. And it's very interesting movie. It is. It's yeah. interesting, and the, the the concept of it I thought was sure. really was cool. And the, no, it's a good watch. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's a good watch, man. You know, and Mickey Rourke is hilarious no matter what he's mm-hmm. in, just because lately he's got. I, I didn't used to like him. You know. I have I have one of the great Mickey Rourke stories of all time. You know what movie made me like him? Barfly. Barfly, yeah. Just, He's got one of the so greatest. So seedy, but he has one of the greatest lines in movie history in that yeah. movie where the the chick the, he's talking to the chick at the bar, um, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Do you?" She goes, "Do you hate people as much as I do?" And he goes, "No, I just seem to feel better when they're not around." <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. based on a Bukowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who wrote a lot of his stuff sitting at the bar at the West End Cafe of town in New York, which is okay. where mm-hmm. um, my mother would go when she was at Colum- uh, Barnum University, and I would go there. Um, you know, when I grew up, you know, to, that's where uh, what's his name Kerouac wrote like half of On the Road, sitting at that bar, and Bukowski wrote a whole bunch of. The, he's got a book out called uh, of, it's like short stories called uh, The Most Beautiful Girl in Town. And other short stories. And The Most Beautiful Girl in Town, that story takes place at the West End. So, Very good. Yeah, and I've spent a great deal of time at that place. And it closed, and now there's it kind of relocated to, uh, I believe it's 107th. And uh, the very beginning of West End is downstairs. So Ken has a brand new movie. He went down to Columbia. He wrote and directed a brand new movie. It is done, and it's uh, it's called Kill Chain, and it was he did it for Amazon. So I, uh, they're deciding when they are going to put that out for distribution on the on Amazon. So when that happens, obviously I'm going to be, you know, uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than than fucking sh- doing pr- promoting the stuff that my friends do, because. Basically, I sit here on a microphone and play, you know, and, and, you know, bitch about stuff with you. And that's all very well and fine. And I pick out some really groovy tunes, and you put them together in sets, and they're pretty good. Okay? With the friends that I, I talk about, these are people who actually create original material, you know, and, and put it out there. And, and I, that's, that's what, you know, that's, what, that's why I, that, that's what causes me to support Wood. You see, what else we got? Uh, my friend Eric Alterman, uh, his band, The Slow Guns, they've got some new material. He's been promising to put it out, but he's assured me that it's happening this year. And also, uh, if you're in New York, they're going to be playing at the uh, Bitter End a uh, week from tomorrow, uh, Saturday, July 27th, the Bitter End down on Bleecker Street, which is a vener- it, it is one of the great uh, musical uh, live venues in America. I mean... Bob Dylan played there. You know, everybody's played there. It's been around for a year. It's been around for like 50 years now. All right. And it's still there on Bleecker Street. And so he's going to be playing there uh, a week from tomorrow. My friend Alon from the Fuzz Tones and the Purple Velvets and 50 million other bands I've played uh, by him. Um, he's out in Kansas City. He's putting together a new band. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And. Um, let me see what else happened my friend Ron Sunshine I played a bunch of his music on here um, at some point during the last year he managed to get Bernard Purdy one of the drummers for James Brown to sit in with him for a couple of couple of uh, JB tracks they did together that was that was awesome now 
this is one. This is one that really, I think, th- this is one I, I I felt a little pride in. Okay, um, I had my friends from high school, um, and I uh, I played a track. They they put together a band way back then called Capital Punishment, and they okay. had come out with one album called Roadkill, and they decided somebody apparently some guy you know who's one of these digging through the crates guys. Um, Apparently, like, they only printed, I don't know, I don't know how many, but it wasn't a lot, a couple hundred. And he managed to stumble across it a couple of years ago and, re- you know, revived it. You know, he, he, he put it back out there. He, he got in touch with them. He wanted to read And so Chris Roebling, who's, you know, the, the lead guitar player in the band, um, he, you know, said, you know, why don't we, you know, let me see what I can do about remastering it. And seeing if I can get the you know the guys the original members to get back together and we can do some do a couple more songs and reissue it again now that there's some you know at least this one guy has renewed interest so they did and when before they came out with the uh, the re-release the remasters plus the new tracks um, you know he was telling me that they were doing this and I said you got a teaser track for me. And he's like, sure, yeah, man, you know, I'll, you know, it's, I'll get you the, the, the you know, when I master it, mm-hmm. okay, I'll send you a couple of tracks. And so I played uh, one of their songs called Hot Love. I played right. Hot Love, and this is back in uh, 2017. All right. Okay. And um, you guys in the band are all from, I went to high school with them, all accountants. So it's Chris Roebling, um, Peter Zussi. Peter Swan and Ben Stiller, and the reason every you know obviously the reason that uh, there's a little bit of you know hubbub over this is because you know Ben Stiller's Ben Stiller, okay. Right. The other three guys in this band though are not to be sneezed at. First of all, Chris Roebling, okay. When we were in high school, now it's his son Chance, I believe, has the title. But when we were in high school, Chris Roebling was the youngest living direct descendant of the man who built the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, was it Colonel Paul Roebling, Washington Roebling? All right. I remember he came into school one day, you know, because there was that old joke, hey, you want to buy a bridge? Right. Okay. He comes into school one day. He's got a shirt. It's got a picture of the Brooklyn Bridge on it, and underneath it says, I can get it for you wholesale. So still the greatest bridge in the world, okay? First ever <laughs> suspension bridge, okay? It, when, when they built the towers, the two mm-hmm. towers on either end, those were the two tallest structures in North America at the time, okay? And here's the thing. It opened in 1880-something, uh, 85 maybe, something like that, all right? It is as useful today as it was the day it opened. It is being used by as many people for the exact same purpose as the day it opened. In New York, we build shit to last. We invented modernity in New York. The skyscraper, the business district, public transportation. Okay, but the Brooklyn Bridge, you talk about all these bridges in the world. But in my opinion, it is still the greatest bridge on the planet. Right? Ben Stiller's Ben Stiller. We all know, mm-hmm. you know he uh, you knows dad, you know, Stiller and Mirror and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But ben, Ben's a funny guy, man. 
Yeah, he's, Absolutely. Yeah, man, he's genuinely funny, and he's got some, he's got some interesting stuff out there, man. He did that that uh, what is it, uh, the Midnight? You know, where he plays the writer on drugs and stuff. It's a good movie. Um, I forgot the name. I can't remember what it was called. But it's an excellent movie. The two Peters, Peter, um, let me see, it was, uh, it was uh, Peter Swan. Okay, is now a uh, district court. I believe he's a judge in Arizona, like a a. He's a judge, you know, okay. in Arizona. And Peter Zussi is a professor of Slavic languages. Oh. Yeah. So you're talking about a band with four guys, man, that are not to be sneezed at, <laughs> you know? So I play the uh, the song. Yeah. Right? Whoa, look at that. Look what you look did. I'm destroying the... the uh, yeah, just to push it in there. Good job. There I'm you destroying go. the studio the as studio. we speak. That's right. I guess I got to so, jam that in there harder. So basically, I played this song at the end of 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the Groove of Don Bump. And then what happened? The Groove of Don Bump goes into full effect because since I played the track, and I'm, I, I am pretty sure that I'm the first, we are the first person I, here at the Groove of Don, okay, to spread the punishment, capital punishment, to the masses, I don't. Mm-hmm. I I would find it hard to believe it's been played on any other show in any format, anywhere before. All right. Okay. I'm pretty sure that I did that, and uh, they, you know, they got back together for a uh, for a show in New York. All right, and uh, they had you know a lot of people from high school, you know, all these old friends of ours, and teachers and stuff showed up. You know, John John Rader was there, and David Wasser was there. These are people that. Calhoun people would know. But uh, also, joining them on stage was Adam Rogers, a guitar player, world-renowned, world-class guitar player now, um, who has played with uh, John Patitucci's Guitar Quartet and um, Stan Stan Evans and stuff, and he's played with Brecker Brothers, um, Chris Potter's uh, Wheel. These are all bands that, in jazz, are quite renowned, particularly Patitucci is considered one of the best uh, certainly electric bass players on the planet right now and um, so he showed up and played with them on stage now Adam uh, a couple of years ago I said this uh, he's now a member of the Modern Works family Modern Works of course is my brother's company, he's the founder and managing partner, they do copyright and trademark stuff for musicians you know, if you want to, if you want to use the song "Flashlight," okay, okay, you got to call my brother because nope. Bootsy Collins is a client, and Bootsy Collins is the guy who uh, has the rights to that song. What if I just want to use a flashlight? <laughs> that you know what? Let me tell you something. You want to hear? You want You want a little uh, history here? That Always. song, yeah. okay, when it came out, people would go to the shows and they would bring flashlights and shine them like that. During the song. But the venues started to get nervous about people bringing in flashlights. So they said, you couldn't do that anymore. And what did they decide to do instead? Lighters? That's right. That's how it started. That okay. is how that whole thing started. I was going to say. That yeah. is how it started with the song Flashlight. All right. So there you go. Okay. You like that one? So one um, Adam's books. out with a new... He's got a new band... Um, it's called Adam Rogers Dice. Nate Smith on drums. This guy, what a monster. He is, he's like at the top of my list for uh, small kit, big boom 
drummers. You know, like there's the Neil Perts of the world. They got like mm-hmm. this drum kit. It looks like the cockpit of a kind you know, of, of, of a 747. And then there's a guy like Nate Smith with like a seven piece drum set. And he is awesome. And Adam is killing it with this new stuff. So I spoke to my brother about that. I'm going to be certainly playing some of that coming up. So, you know, they do this. Sh- so, you know, we played a song here. And, and then in the last popular. year and a half since then, they've done a live show. They've had a write-up in Rolling Stone. And now there's a freaking documentary that came out. Okay? Um, they, they played it, Le Poisson Rouge. Um, and then they did a documentary on the, on the band and the making of the album and how it came to be and stuff like that. It's, it's actually pretty cool. It's, uh, it was released by, who was it called? Uh, Pitchfork is the name of the company. That did it, and you can go on YouTube and 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 see it for free. And it's okay. for me personally, you know, because there's so much of you know the stuff that I know and was around when it was happening because it was all high school. You know, it really was it was a fun watch, but it's cool stuff. These are these are interesting guys, you know, who got back together. Uh, look, you know, let's just say, look at it from this point of view, okay? Um. It's not like I'm going, uh, I guess, you know, balls to the wall, post hoc, ergo, propter hoc on this one. I'm just saying, okay, that they got capital punishment, got Gouvetin approved and played, okay? And then they got a write up in Rolling Stone. Ergo, Gouvetin bumped. All right. I'm, I'm just, hey. I'm just You're, take credit for it. We I'm always do it on the radio anyway. Putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. I don't want to So I've yeah. I've spewed how was your year been? You just told me some great news that Yeah, I'm not gonna go on the air with yeah. that. Yeah. But just from uh, a hell, let's just be, say it's, we're both from a health point the, of view, it, we're rocking. We're, we're rocking. Yes, we are rocking. It's the uh, it's the ten year anniversary of SoFlow Radio, by the way, this wow. month. We're gonna do an anniversary show somewhere down the road. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, this is our It's gonna be show. next week, but it's gonna you know, but it's at my convenience because uh, I'm I'm busy doing things. Yeah, man. Um, when is, well, the ten so, year anniversary is when? Well, technically, it was uh, earlier this month. Oh, was, okay. Would have been the first broadcast that we did on SoFlow Radio, which was uh, the Suds thing, right? Suds Coleman. Well, no, the, it would have been my show. Was the first thing that oh, that okay. we did. The last thing that we did was the Suds right, tribute okay. show, yeah. uh, which I'm still trying to. Let that sink in. Yeah, it's 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 a very sad thing. For There's people who don't know who he is, the you know Suds from the Rick and Suds show, uh, which was a big part of the the South Florida Dream Team. You know when when the golden age of South Florida radio is when you were with Neil. When Rogers. I was with Neil Rogers, and uh, he was, was and he number one? He was number one mm. most of the time in uh, in our target demo, which was Men Twenty Five Fifty Four for many years, and uh, even before I joined the show. But eventually, Rick and Suds uh, came to the station that we were on, and. Uh, and they hit it they, uh, on that station, and uh, they were part of a, a really uh, amazing lineup. And Suds was a personal friend who I loved uh, dearly, mm. and um, you know, and and it's sad he's no longer with us. And mm. and it's there's a really a sad thing. And yeah, and you have the same last name. So yeah, there's a bunch of people. You know, I I've, I've had some some friends that have uh, that have passed away. Some of them suddenly, which freaked me out. In the rock and roll world, though, there were two that stood out for me that passed away this year. One was uh, uh, Dr. John. Okay. 
Okay. Right. Who, who Professor Teeth from the uh, the Muppets is based yeah. on, by the way. But Doctor, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor John the Night Tripper. I mean, this guy, his influence cannot be overestimated. Okay, he played on my on Ron Sunshine, my friend Ron Sunshine, when mm-hmm. he had his original band, The Smoking Section. Doctor John was gracious enough to basically show up and say, "Sure, I'll play," and did it for like basically nothing, you know. But you know, and when you add his name to your liner notes as somebody performing, I mean, that's that's saying something, man, you know. And uh, let me see. I'm trying to remember who the other one. There was uh, there was another guy who died. I just can't remember who the hell it was. I seriously can't remember who the hell it was. Oh, you know what? I know who it was. It was um, from the 13th Floor Elevators. Uh, Rocky Erickson um, passed away. And he was, you know, one of these guys that uh, his, the 13th Floor Elevators still to this day, okay, are influencing music, you know. And Rocky really was, you know, the song, You're Gonna Miss Me. Okay. To this day, gets airplay. You know, and is one of the all-time. They 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 can be. You can make a legitimate case that the Thirteen Floor Elevators were the very first psychedelic band. Very first psychedelic band out of Texas. I mean, between them and uh, Billy Gibbons' band, The Moving Sidewalks, their their song on the Ninety Ninth Floor. You know. So, let me see uh, some of the things. There's a bunch of stuff in here that I wrote down. To, uh, here's one thing that I wrote down. I said, one of the things that I wanted to figure out a way to do, I'd love it if, if TV stations could do this. If, you're, if you watch ESPN or any of the uh, cable news stations, mm-hmm. okay, but for me, it's ESPN. That it, This is what drives me crazy, is the scroll at the bottom. The, you know, if you're watching a game, the, you, the scroll is always there. The, the constantly updating scores mm-hmm. and all that shit. I would like to have a way where I can click a button and have that go away. All right, yeah. I'd like to have the scroll. I'd like that to be an option for stations that have a scroll. I think that'd be a good idea. Sure. You know? It, uh, coming soon. You'll, you'll see. On your smart TV, there'll be the, um, an, any minute now, if they don't already have it, well, that's the, a, the programmable screen that will show you what you want well, to the, see. The thing I thought of in... in It'll be widgets. Yeah, in, in lieu of that, mm. you know, was can I resize the screen like I can on my computer so I can just enlarge it to the point where the scroll is no longer actually visible. Like, I can just blow up that portion of the screen. Right, yeah. It'll, it'll be easier than that, like closed captioning. Yeah. Uh, if enough uh, people, um, you know, desire it and, and make it heard, uh, you know, it'll appear. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, how hard can it be? Right, you know? I mean, very easy. You know? It's like, like closed captioning. Like, yeah. closed captioning is a scroll, so it'll just be one other selection. Yeah, do you exactly, want, exactly. What do you want, the stock ticker? Do you want uh, the weather around the world? You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, sports I mean, scores. Got, you know, I've got Xfinity, which is Comcast. I love yeah. it, man. I'm still discovering the shit that I could do with this. It's yeah. great. It's fucking, any, any minute now, you'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, they've got a whole bunch of stuff on there. It's, it's, I finally, you know, when I first heard about Voice commands, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it yet. And I was like, that's just stupid, man. Who the fuck needs voice yeah, commands? Now you're doing it. Nah. Dude, it's like I'm hooked. 
on voice command. Here's a couple of things that fucking frosted my cookies. Have you seen the most recent uh, Volkswagen ad with um, the the song that they use is Simon and Garfunkel's Sounds of Silence. Okay, no, and I haven't seen a lot of commercial TV The opening of the lately. ad has this guy sitting there like in a dark office. He's looking at a screen and in the background they have like Various clips from news reports from when VW basically ripped off the world, which is what they did. They they fudged the results for their emissions tests. Right. Okay. And so, this you know, is a VW commercial? And it's a VW commercial. My thought was, okay, first of all, they're a German company, Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. What, you need the money that bad? You were willing to fucking farm that song out to these scumbags, especially in lieu of what they did? And the whole ad is about... You know, we're moving forward. This is the new thing. And we had to scrap everything else. Yeah, you had to scrap everything else because you got caught fucking ripping people off. Yes, mileage wasn't nearly as good as you said it was going to be. You were, they had fussed with the computer chip in there. The emissions were not low. Hey, give the Germans a break. What have they ever done? <laughs> Besides How this. How about those trains running on time, uh, eh? See there? Um... Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> none of my business. I'm staying out of it. <clears throat> the other one, because you know what Jesus is. That, this is one of, of of the many things that frosted my cookies. Okay, over the last year or so, this one for some reason really, really pissed me off. The John Varvados. This is the scumbag who ended up in the uh, space that used to be CBGBs. Okay, this guy John Varvados, and I remember seeing a commercial with him and Iggy Pop for, like, Cadillac cars. And, it, you know, and they pull up in front of Arvados' place mm-hmm. on the Bowery. And I'm like, you know what, Iggy, Iggy, you just lost all my... That's it. I, all right, I remember him in, like, a million interviews where uh, he's popping off about the, the sellouts and the commercials. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. He's, like, he's basically... I, I saw him on, uh, I think it was uh, Stephen Colbert. Maybe a year ago, two years ago. He, it's like he's morphed into Brian yeah. Ferry. He's morphed into David. He's going down when, that road. When you're doing, except d- without their fucking songwriting ability. Didn't he do like a duet with uh, what's her B fifty twos? Oh Kate? really? Yeah. Didn't he? He did a duet with Kate. I'm okay with yeah, that. But the more, but everybody the gets really soft. Well, what 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 got to me was you know I get I I see this ad that pops up you know on my scroll or whatever and it's John Varvatos and he's got a. Uh, 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 t-shirt. Now it's it's a particular style. It's a t-shirt. You know, it's just a fucking t-shirt. But it's worn cotton. It's got that look on it. It's got a picture of a scorpion on it. That mm-hmm. Eighty bucks, and it's sold out. Eighty bucks. All right. Let me tell you something. I have never been so proud of the counterfeiters down on fucking Canal Street because you know they're churning that shit out and selling it for like three bucks. You know, three bucks a piece. Two for five. Fuck John Varvatos. Fuck it. Fuck him up. He's a shoe designer. $80 t-shirt. It's a fucking t-shirt with a picture of a scorpion on it. Yes, but it's a particular t-shirt. <laughs> so, um, one, here's the other thing. Um, it was uh, just confirmed that uh, Nikki Barnes, who was known as Mr. Untouchable, um, one of the largest heroin dealers in history up in Harlem. Okay, he was 
titled Mr. Untouchable, and he was on the cover of the New York Times magazine. <laughs> Shortly after which, he basically, you know, was his downfall. Right? There's an entire wing in Leavenworth right now that should be called the, the fucking Barnes wing for all the guys he ended up sending away. And originally, he didn't, he didn't you know, mouth off on anybody. He was just going to fucking do the time. But then uh, his wife ended up in bed with, like, you know, one of the guys that didn't get arrested, and they bad-mouthed him. And so he basically... Yeah, that yeah that'll do it. Okay, but here's the thing. It was confirmed... That he died back in 2012. This was just confirmed. Mm-hmm. And it was confirmed basically like a couple of weeks after Frank Lucas mm-hmm. died. You know, from American Gangster. Right. Okay. They, they didn't confirm that, that Nicky Barnes was dead until Frank Lucas was. <laughs> okay. So it was seven years. Basically Coincidence? Like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's another guy. Uh, Frank Matthews was really... This is the guy that nobody knows about, actually. Um, you ever want to do some homework on what the largest heroin dealer in American history, uh, you know, more than the mob. Like, he mm. makes, you know, Frank Lucas and uh, Nicky Barnes look like fucking corner dope slangers. This guy was, he was, the, he was getting it from the French Connection from South America and, and basically supplying the entire East Coast. And nobody knew his name. You know, this is a guy who's never been famous. In other drug-related kingpin, oh, drug okay. kingpin news, the other day, El Chapo. Yeah, I saw that. He got life plus 30 years. Mm, just okay. in case. So they have to leave rot. Is that what that means? You're, yeah. Well, you, I, you die in no, prison, then they wait 30 think, years before you're moving your I body? Think I think if he dies in prison, okay, any rel- if he has kids, they mm-hmm. should do the 30 years. He like oh, blew, that, he, he's walking like, out of jail. Like, he blew a kiss to his wife. Those are like rollover minutes, right? Rollover, yeah, absolutely. rollover years. I absolutely. See. You know, hey, if your debt can be passed on, why not your fucking prison time, scumbag Jeez. piece of shit? I thought what was interesting is that uh, there were some interviews I saw in the news. Uh, there was a, a DEA agent. This guy's name, I swear to God, Ray Donovan. He's like the special agent in charge. He said that El Chapo was an innovative drug trafficker, the likes of which we hadn't seen. And chances are, won't see again. And the prosecutor, after the sentence was handed out, came out in front of a bank of microphones and said, and I quote, Never again will Guzman pour poison over our borders, making millions while innocent lives are lost to drug violence and drug addiction. Okay, here's the thing. If there's one thing that we know for sure, it's that you can put as many of these guys away as you want. Because there's... 50 to fill every one of their positions the minute they go. Okay? And El Chapo was saying that he wasn't given a fair trial and that he was, in fact, being tortured by the United States government because the lack of clean air, the lack of clean water, and lack of sunlight in his prison cell were, as he said, torture. Mm. Torture. He was being tortured. Well, this is a guy. Isn't torture really a matter of perspective anyway? Well, first of all, if there's anybody who should know what, what it is. Right. So there we go. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's his expert testimony. That, that is. I was actually surprised that, you know, he didn't do a little uh, research and, like, come on out and, and as his last words before being sent off, they, they're bringing him, like, the Supermax prison out in Colorado, I guess. I don't know what it's called, but, you know, that's where... Whatever it is, that's where the worst mm-hmm. that, you know people like him go. 
but I, I was surprised that he didn't uh, spew out the uh, Charles Manson line. Or was it? The truth is ugly, so we put our prophets in prison. Charles Manson. Excellent. You know, I tell on. All right. I think, I think that's enough for the moment. On, on that note. On that note, ready to groove? Note, we are absolutely going to get back to the groove with the Wimple Witch on the Groove of Time on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
And reinforcing that shit is my nine to five. And when I finish making you recognize, I'm getting at a couple civilized women that's trying to ride. You've been waiting on the border, come off the all. You wanna get the bitches up off the wall. Just to see you smile and enjoy yourself to keep you in health. This for all of your, 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 your.
Searching for the leg room, Mendel on my fortune, cookies in the bedroom, pepper cat that's always repping in the rack room, paparazzi boys saying rapping in they red room, passing as I check one, before I even check two, you ain't gotta say it once, everybody guess who, I'll be putting checks up, even when the rest do, ain't nobody next up, ain't nobody next to, moment that I enter, recognize the emperor, so I'll be getting extra, places like the best up, son, people see the homeboy, then they be like, oh snap, then they be like, oh boy, shout the Japanese. People see the homeboy, then they be like, oh snap, then they be like, oh boy, shout the Japanese. People see the homeboy, then they be like, oh snap, then they be like, oh boy, shout the Japanese.
Tony. All the money I make that you keep from me. You need some money? No, just curious. Oh. Of course, I've been working a long time and I haven't done anything with my money. I thought maybe someday I could use it. You met a woman, Leon. Leon, you gotta be careful with women. Remember when you arrived in this country, Leon? When I took you in, you were still wet behind the fucking ears. And already you were in deep shit because of a woman. Don't forget that, Leon. Yeah.
Bring it on. It is time for a love revolution. You know, he actually plays pretty much all the instruments uh, on every song on that particular album. One of the people that he does have on there is uh, Ravi Shankar's uh, daughter, Anushka uh, Shankar, is uh, playing a sitar on one of them. I played something by her uh, a while ago. uh, instinct primitive or something like that some pretty cool stuff i'll tell you when i was you know taking a look doing you know doing a little research what i was reminded of was uh, george michael who on the album i think it was faith plays like almost all the instruments I mean, everything but drums or something like that mm-hmm. you know guys like yeah. that no he's a talented guy people out there that do it i'm a big lenny kravitz fan love lenny kravitz before that Mission of Burma. That's when I reached for my revolver. They they basically only had one album that they came out with back then. It was from uh, 
Boston. This is like when I was a senior in high school. Signal, what is it? I got to write down. Signals, calls, and marches. Um, yeah, it was a six-song EP, and then they came out with the album uh, Versus VS, um, and they reunited at some point in the early two thousands. But um, there was a guy. I was telling you this. I saw these guys. Uh, I saw Mr. Burma, um, I guess in the summer of '82. You know, it was right, you know, like, you know, at the end of my senior high school at the Peppermint Lounge when it was still on uh, Fifth Avenue. One of the loudest shows I've ever been to. And these guys were incredibly loud. Some of the bands that I've seen that were ridiculously loud are bands, that you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen The Who. I've seen Motorhead. I've seen Black Flag. Okay. Yeah, they're loud. You know who the loudest band I ever saw was? You're going to love this one. Hot Tuna. Okay. I swear to God, Hot Tuna... I saw them with Bobby in the Midnight's opening. This is at uh, University of Vermont. Okay, this is probably 1980. I'm thinking 83. Somewhere, you know, in, in that range. 83, 84. The loudest show I ever saw. Yorma. Like <laughs> 15 guitars on stage. He only used two. But uh, there's a guy from Mission of Burma. Like, uh, I guess what he would do is he would record sounds. And he would sit off to the side and he would play them during the show in a reel-to-reel. When they got back together... Um, I was reading about this. The guy said, uh, uh, blah, 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 chewing all the tapes. One of the other band, he, the, the guy's name was Swope. He was the guy that did all the tape sounds. And uh, when they got back together in the 2000s, he wasn't, he didn't join them. And one of the other band members said that Swope had, quote, dropped off of the map and moved to Hawaii. Hey, been there, done that. I, I I absolutely understand, you know, how somebody could do that. Um, so let me see. Yeah, there's a guy from Boston before that. Yeah, a little clip from uh, The Professional. You can't go wrong with mm-hmm. that. Before that, Brian Ferry, the in crowd from Another Time, Another Place, came out in 74. It's basically an entire album of uh, of covers. It's all covers on that. Those guys are Roxy Music, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I believe it was Sons Brian Eno, although I didn't watch it, because, you know, basically, they were inducted the same year as Janet Jackson, and that's the kiss, you know, that's it. We're done. You know? I used to try and defend the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Can't do it no more. Before that, yeah, Broken the B-Boy, B-Boy Breakbeat folder. That was DJ Lean Rock with Wasita Breakers, which reminds me, here's something that, uh, that happened over the last year that really pleases me. Breakdancing is going to be in the 2024 Paris Olympics, which I think is fantastic, man. For that, Super Tramp, shout out Paul Page, <laughs> my friend, Sister Moonshine from Crisis, what crisis? And, uh, you know, there was, I don't know, about six months ago, you couldn't, you couldn't turn on a... Uh, a cable news station where I can't remember what, what precipitated it, where, you know, what the catalyst was, but everybody was talking about how we were on the verge of a constitutional crisis. You know? Mm-hmm. Constitutional crisis. So I, you know, I put up the picture from the album cover of Crisis What Crisis, but the first thing I thought of, well, you're a prima ballerina on a Sunday afternoon. You wind up like a werewolf howling up that door. I've got a constitutional crisis. I got it while it was hot. That was the first thing that popped in my mind because, you know, that's who I am. And, Kicking off the set, The Wimple Winch. Save My Soul. It's 45 from 1966. Those guys are uh, from uh, England. They were like uh, part of the, uh, the the Mersey Beach sound. I was from uh, 
let me see, uh, Brockport. That's where they were from. And they were the uh, they were the house band at a bar called the Sinking Ship. And uh, that is and Jimi Hendrix played there. And uh, they opened for Jimi Hendrix. Shortly after that, the club burned down to the ground, as did their career. <laughs> so that was that. Obviously, we got a bit of a, raw, a long show here. So we're going to trim the sails on uh, some of the talking because we're going to be coming back over and over now. You know? Yeah, hopefully. We're, we're right, back. now that the studio is back in operation, and I got to switch uh, with all due apologies to the people watching on Facebook. Uh, AT&T upload speeds don't cut it, Dad. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, so we're going to have to switch to Comcast as much as that irks me because it doesn't irk me. I, 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 I left like them it. in anger. Yeah, <clears throat> I have Xfinity Comcast right now. I love it. Personal issues so, with yeah. uh, so there's the a cast. bunch of stuff that I I jotted down for whatever reason. Um, the reason there will be no change is because the people who stand to lose from change have all the power. The people who stand to gain from change have none of the power. That is from Machiavelli. Um, here we go. Poverty is the parent of revolution and crime. Aristotle. Uh, you and I are both big beans for uh, for documentaries. Yeah. We love documentaries. Here's one. I don't know if you've seen this one, but I highly recommend this. It's called The Patent Scam. Have you heard about this? You heard about the, the, the patent trolls and all this shit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, is there something new? The, the, the documentary is great. You should okay. watch it. The Patent Scam. And... Um, I wrote down, it's the most ludicrous form of legalized extortion I've ever heard of. Some of the quotes from that, though, there was this one guy in there who, who had some great, uh, great lines. He goes, ideas are cheap. Turning a good idea into a successful product and company is really hard. He said, let me tell you something. Patent trolls give greed a bad name. Tell <laughs> you money. And he said, what these people do is, and it's all run of a, out, like it, it's all from this, like, Nothing Texas town. It's like East Texas just over the uh, border from Louisiana. And when these people sue you for these ridiculous patents that they've claimed, um, you can't figure out who they are. They're like beneath 16 different shell companies and whatnot. You know, and this guy who basically got sued, he is a guy who invented something for airplanes. And, you know, it's very legitimate. He flies his own plane. He's rich. Mm-hmm. And he made a, he you know, he invented and patented something that is... He deserves the money. He's got. I saw like a documentary years ago about the, um, or wasn't it a movie? Yeah, they, they they made a movie, the windshield wiper guy. That, oh that yeah, 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 that's right. The Ford ripped off. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's an actual. Yeah, he the uh, the alternating of I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, the oscillating, oscillating. Uh, windshield wiper. Thing. So um, here's the quote that I love the most. So he goes, you know, it's quite easy to terrorize people if you put your mind to it. Which I thought was interesting. I yeah, was, I was you, thinking about that. Yeah, it's, I was telling you Terrifying earlier people. that I didn't realize, I just found this out, that Congress, when, mm-hmm. when you go and testify before Congress, they do not recognize uh, attorney-client privilege. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I mean, I literally found that out a couple of months ago. So basically, if, uh, if somebody's done some nasty-ass shit, okay, and they don't mm-hmm. want to tell you about it, they want to, you know... They want to lie. You can actually subpoena their lawyer, and the lawyer can't hide behind attorney-client privilege once he, uh, you know, puts his right hand up and says, "I'm going to tell the truth before Congress." If he if he claims attorney-client privilege, they can cite him for contempt and throw him in jail. There were a couple of things that uh, that I was going to go into, but we'll I'll, you know we'll get into them later. Obviously, the Jeffrey Epstein thing 
is just insanity. This is one of those, they, you know, you stay in jail, which I think is great. Yes. This is great. Yes, it is. You know? I mean, literally, the, the best of all the punishments that could be meted out, okay, to a guy like this, here's the one that I think is the, the most appropriate, okay? He should be put in general population at Attica. That's it. Okay. No protective. Throw him in there. He won't let. I mean, look. He'll hang himself or get shivved and thrown off the fourth tier, like you know Edward James almost in America. Me, you know, within a year. Okay. And and as much as I would like his life to go on for like twenty, thirty years, being you know Bubba's bitch and passed around. Okay. It would please me to know that when he decides to kill himself because he can't take it anymore, the last memory that's going to flash through his head is of his asshole being opened up like a Lincoln Tunnel on a slow day against his will. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the, the most just punishment for a guy like that is to simply be put in the yard. Leave him in the yard. Do not let him have protective custody. Put him in there, man. Put him in there. Amen. Just let him in there because kitty rapists, they don't do well at Danamora. <sighs> they don't do well in the yard of Pelican Bay. You know what I'm saying? They don't, uh, they're not, they don't make friends. I mean, you well, know, it, t- it ties yeah. in with my sermon. Really? Yes. It isn't. Uh, I've read a lot about a lot of re- religions, and um, you might understand something about one or two. But oftentimes, people argue about the criteria for salvation. Like, <sighs> like is there, you know, like, you know, the, of the people that believe in in heaven, of those people, they they spend a lot of time arguing about whether or not something is damnable, a damnable offense. Like this will keep you out of heaven. Right. Catholicism, yeah. Catholicism basically, you know. Right, and then there's all kinds of ways to wiggle out of it, and people will argue back and forth, well, can you go to heaven if you do this? And, of course, Christianity, as you may or may not know, is built on on forgiveness, that no matter sure. what you do, you can be forgiven. To, but that doesn't mean that you can be in a state. I have sinned against in a you, state. my lord. Like, if you did a bad thing and then you're supposed to repent, you're supposed to not, you're supposed to stop doing the thing. Yes. And then you can be forgiven. Yes. For doing the thing. Yes. All right. So it's rare in religion when when the the person that the religion is based on, in this case Jesus, uh, makes a very very absolute statement about criteria for salvation. Okay. Well, this is very, I know this where is, you're going. And this, this is very good, right? This is very good. This because, is the camel. Sure. Here, and it, that line? it appears three times. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the first thing that some people might do is say, you're taking that out of context. Well, let me tell you the context. Okay. Jesus is telling his disciples how they ought to be when a rich man approaches Jesus and says, Jesus, uh, I am a very pious man. I've done all of these things and reads off the laundry list of the things that the Bible says that you ought to do in every part of the Bible. And he says, so I'm going to heaven, right? And Jesus says, eh, wrong. <laughs> wrong. And he says, I'm not. And he goes, absolutely not. And the man says, what should I, what, then what must I do to go to heaven? And he says, sell everything you own and give it to the poor. And the guy says, yeah, 
no, really. And Jesus said, that was, I'm not going to repeat myself. That's exactly, uh, even though he does. Um, yeah, it's three exactly, times, right? Well, it appears in three different Gospels. So it's the three different retellings of the story. Okay. You know, three out of the four tellings of the Jesus story agree that Jesus said this, <laughs> the following thing. Dead team. He ex- so, so the guy slinks off and it's like, Alright, and the guy slinks off, and Jesus turns to his disciples and says, that cat there is not going to heaven. And, and, and the disciples go, really, Jesus, everything? Come on, isn't that a little bit extreme? And he says, I can see you're having trouble gripping this, so let me make it perfectly clear for you. Here's the wind-up, and here's the pitch. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on. You can't serve God and mammon. Yeah, mammon being profit, profit gain, money. money, personal gain. That your efforts, yeah, the fruit, the efforts. When Jesus talks about the light, the light that you're supposed to let shine, he's speaking of your works. That's what it says right there. They don't finish the sentence, a lot of people. I'm supposed to let my light shine. When Jesus is talking about your light, he's talking about your works, not about the sounds you make with your mouth. That's a sound. That's not a light. It's something that you can see. You see? Jesus said, beware false prophets. Many come in my name. You will know them by their fruit. Fruit is something that you can see. And furthermore, John 13, 35 says, they will know you are my disciples. They will know. Not they will take your word for it, or they'll have a clue, or an indicator shall be that, or the Christ. He says, they will know you are my disciples by your love. By your love. And And he said, don't have treasure. So if I see you sporting treasure, if I see that you're a rich person, I know because you're in a in a state of damned. You're if you're rich, you understand that that you can you can actually know one thing for sure that according to Jesus, that cat isn't going to heaven. Well, all right. All, I'm, I'm By the way, Jesus doesn't point to any other class of character or individual right, this is and say money. you're it's not going to heaven. Rich guys don't go to heaven. Everything else. Gray area, but you, rich guy, absolutely not. It's the only time that you he. Gotta, you know, this is one of those things where all these guys like uh, so Mike Joe Pence, Mike Pence, uh, Mike Pence. They go, Mike Pence, who's a evangelical, absolutely not. According to you, no. According to Jesus, Jesus. yeah. Whereas Bill Gates, uh, what do I know? Whereas Bill Gates, on the other hand, and uh, what's his name? You know, uh, Berkshire Hathaway guy. Okay, those guys probably have a better chance because they've already pledged to give away Matthew, basically their fortunes. Matthew nineteen twenty four, Mark ten twenty five, okay. So, so those are the three those, times. Those, yeah, well, it's, yeah, so it's in, saying, and it's in Luke. I didn't write Luke down, but you can, you know, there's a Bible app that I was looking at while you were talking. Uh-huh. I was looking at my stuff up in my Bible app. All right. Well, and in case, and by the way, Jesus said, "No one cometh unto the Father but by me." So he's telling you, I. I get to say. He's basically saying, I get to say who goes to heaven. He's the final arbiter. I get to say who goes Whatever to heaven. Whatever happened to St. Peter? And, what? And I'm going to... And I'm gonna, Jesus says and you I'm can gonna go point, and St. Peter's standing away. I'm going to point to one, to one say, hey, group of people. JC hey. says I'm in. This is like I'm yeah. on a guest list. So there. <laughs> I was just thinking, you, know, you said three times. I was telling you this the other yeah. day. It's like, as a sales... Uh, you know, if you're, if you're managing a sales force, my friend Alan, Alan Benjamin, one of the great phone salesmen in the world, he, was, he said, you know... When you've got a, a crew of people, he said, you've got to tell salesmen stuff three times. You've got to tell them, you've got to tell them again, and then you've got to tell them that you told them. Right. You know? You so there was a, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that, that's going on. Uh, the uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals 
God bless them, man. They've been kicking. They kicked ass. They were two and zero. You know, Costa. I called him. I said uh, he is now. Uh, what is it? He, he's the pedophile. He's the new character, pedophile enabler, and he's the president. All the presidents, X Men. Mm. He's that's that's, yeah, I, that's, I a, that's a comic book joke. Yeah, I get that. I, I you know I don't have the rim shot drum set up in this new studio yet. Trump, well, you know what? I'm not. I said I wasn't going to do it, and I'm not going to. Okay, we're, we're, yeah, we're not. We're 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 moving, doing it. We're doing a grooving uh, right along. Yeah, we're doing a fucking uh, Grunge Ron yeah, free the show. The Groove reunion. I'll tell you, there was another thing that involves <laughs> the artist Peter Max, and and I'm gonna. I'll. I may talk about this later. I want to get back to. Uh, Somebody I know. I, I, I have a connection here. Uh, friends of mine, high school, that I know, uh, his kids, uh, Libra and Adam. And there was a, an article recently in the New York Times, and I really hadn't kept up on this. And it made me very sad, and I got back in touch with Libra, and I told her, I said, you know, it saddens me that this is going on, because I love his artwork. I love Peter Max's artwork. And there's a whole big thing going on where... You know, it's like a family squabble. I never thought I would know anybody that was like, you know, fodder for tabloids. And I don't know, it, it, that, that made, me, made me a little sad. I'll tell you something, though. Here's, here's how we're going to represent, okay, the supposed leader of the free world. You ready? Mm. We're going to get back, okay, into the groove. Okay, with a song I've been dying to play by a guy named Eddie Jefferson. I had played uh, something by him uh, several shows back, a song called uh, Psychedelic Sally, which is great. But I have really been itching to play this particular song. It is called Filthy McNasty by Eddie Jefferson on a Groove Assign on SoFloRadio.com. Bars. He's got a few scars, stays higher than Mars, and makes love in cars. His wig is a neat, and cars he's a cheat. He drinks sneaky peat, and don't eat no meat. And all the time you hear the women really calling his name. Filthy McNasty. He don't own a suit, a Nero or Zoot. He never has loot, except in his boot. His body is lean, his feet aren't clean. His mouth is real mean when he's on the scene. But all the time you hear the women really yelling his name.
Magic's love McNasty I never ever could understand But he's the center of everybody He never gives another guy a chance Before you know it, he done got the chick And took her clean away from the boy I don't call him hip He's sort of a flip One leg is a crip His mind's on a trip He don't have a pad He didn't know his dad His temper is bad So don't get him mad But all the time you hear the women Rarely hollering his name Filthy McNasty He once got his kicks By putting on hicks A square kind of chicks Went wise to his licks Well those days are gone He carries right on With his line of con He's still a Don Juan And all the time you hear the women Rarely screaming his name Filthy McNasty He's gained lots of fame McNasty's his name Say filthy McNasty
without my money. Maybe I could give little to someone, you know, to help out. Hey, it's your money. I mean, I'm just holding it for you, you know, like a bank. Except, uh, you know, better than a bank because, you know, banks always get knocked off. You know, no one knocks off all Tony. And besides, with a bank, there's always tons of forms to be filled and all that shit. With old Tony, nothing to read, nothing to write. It's all in his head. I know how to read now. That's good, Leon. <laughs> good. Uh, your money's here. Whenever you want it, you just ask me, okay? Here's a grand. Oh, it's okay. I no, don't no, need come it. on. Come oh, on. Take it. Have some fun. Go ahead. Take it. Thank you. All right? Now let's talk business.
Mystic Braves, that is Desert Island, from their album Desert Island that came out in 2014. Those cats are from uh, Los Angeles. Kind of, you know, one of the, uh, there's like a bit of a resurgence in, uh, you know, sort of garage psychedelia, <coughs> excuse me, you know, going on these days. Before that, this is a song I've been dying to play. The band is called Wolf Peck. Okay, the song is Daddy, He Got a Tesla. And it's pronounced like that? Yeah, I believe so, although, I, you know, what the hell do I know? It came out, uh, the album is uh, The Beautiful Game from 2016. These guys are uh, from Michigan, and the bassist is a guy named Joe Dart, and he's got mad skills. Okay. You know, he's, he's, the, the, he's just very, you know, shout out to uh, Tom Semioli and the uh, Know Your Bass Player uh, disciples and crew out there. I got my T-shirt. I'm, I'm part of the uh, Know Your Bass Player montage that he did, and they, they're actually out with season two um, of the video interviews and stuff that uh, Tom and uh, his crew have done, so you can catch that. He's got his own channel on uh, YouTube, and if you're into that kind of stuff, and you should be, okay, uh, you definitely want to check that out. Tesla, you, uh, our boy, and I got to tell you something, uh, some trials and tribulations over the last year. I'll, I'll get into that another time. And you know, look, like I've always said, this is the show for him to sponsor. He's got the dough. He should be doing that. Before that, Beats Antique featuring the Preservation Hall jazz band. The song's called Let It Go from uh, 2016 as well. The album is Shadow Box. This is uh, kind of a... Uh, Beats Antique is, is kind of a creation of... Um, uh, Miles Copeland, Stuart Copeland's brother. Um, he's the cat that started IRS Records, and uh, he's been around for a while. Basically, all you need to know about uh, uh, Miles Copeland, okay, is that he has produced uh, records for uh, the Cramps and the Dead Kennedys. All right, so you know what can I say? And uh, I guess Beats Antique. It's uh, it's two guys and one gal. And they released, they released an album a year every year from 2007 through this one in 2016. They came out with one album every year. So, you know, I like that. You know, they, they keep doing stuff for that. A little more from the professional. That's right, baby. You know, your money's right here. I mean, it's like a, it's like a bank, except better than a bank, because banks will always get ripped off. Nobody rips off old Tony. <laughs> for that, nice. The Golden Dawn song is My Time from Power Plant. That's their only album that they uh, released. came out in 1968. Those, uh, those guys are from Austin, Texas. For that, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, Glamour's a Rocky Road from Hit and Run Holiday. came out in 95. That's uh, Buzz McCoy and uh, Groovy Man, M-A-N-N. He's uh, one of those guys from Ministry. That one doesn't have, that particular release, I don't believe, has Lydia Lunch on it. Um, I've played lots of stuff. I'm a big uh, My Life Tour Kill Cult fan. So, And kicking off the set, been dying to play this song. Eddie Jefferson, Filthy Nick Nasty from the album Body and Soul also came out in 1968. Like I said, I played a, a track by him on an earlier show, a track that I really, really love called Psychedelic Sally. Which is a, a really cool film. I was uh, did a little homework, you know. I do mm-hmm. I do the research, so y'all don't have to. There's a movie uh, from 1940. W. C. Fields starred in it. It's called The Bank Dick, and the there's a character in that movie mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. 
Filthy McNasty. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know. Well, well, you they know, went for those subtle names. I wonder yeah. if he was the villain. Yeah. <laughs> Filthy McNasty. I, I just, it's a great song, man. It, it really is. And, and Eddie Jefferson's got a whole bunch of stuff out there that is, they're, they're just really, really dynamite gems. You know, three minutes and, at, a, at a time. This is really cool stuff. Well, it is time for me to get back to something I enjoy so much, and that is taking care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it is still Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Let me tell you something. Over the course of the last year, his reputation, okay, as the go-to guy, particularly for uh, hot rods, American muscle cars, classic cars, has grown and grown. He's still doing his, uh, his cruising over there uh, just off uh, Atlantic and 95 where, where they're located. Uh, it's the second Friday of every month. He just got a brand new lift in the garage. Yeah. Any make, any model, bumper to bumper, if it's an internal combustion engine, okay? Dave and his crew of ASE certified mechanics. And, of course, Dave isn't just an ASE certified mechanic. He is an ASE certified master mm-hmm. mechanic. I okay? see. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who was in a band called Peter Master and the Baiters. In any event, okay, those those are the only people I will let lift my hood and poke around. That's you know, and particularly if you've got uh, you know American Muscle Car, he has got in there. All you need to do is go over there, take a look at the cars that are in his garage, okay? The kind of cars that, that people bring here. That's all you need to feel confident, okay, that he is the go-to guy. He's got a Hemi Cuda in there that looks like it's doing a buck fifty, just just standing still in a driveway, man. All right? Yeah, I'll tell you something. His reputation has grown to the point where recently, let me see, he was a judge at this year's Palm Beach... Concorde d'Elegance. They do mm. one in uh, in Palm Springs. They do one out in, in California as well. That's the big one, uh, the Concorde d'Elegance. And this is really a, a car show. I am obsessed with Barrett Jackson, okay, the Barrett Jackson Auto Auction. I watch it. I literally don't even watch the uh, the uh, coverage on television, on like you know Motor Trend or Discovery Network. I get the internet live feed so i don't miss anything and i i log in i can see the lineups for the cars and stuff but he was a judge at this year's concord d'elegance and they at which they sold a bugatti one of only three of this particular model it went for something like seven million dollars some ridiculous amount for this bugatti but that's uh, bugatti to me always sounded like an amount of something I got this Bugatti of pasta over here. I need somebody to help me eat it. It's like one of those. Hey, Robert Klein had a routine about words that right. sound yeah sound dirty. He's like uh, he's a uh, he's a flautist. I caught him up on the hill. That does Johnny. Come on in here and get that Guam off your hands. It's time for dinner. You know, all list of those things. It's easy to get to it right off I ninety five. You go west on Atlantic. You make the uh, the first left turn onto Andrews. The first right turn. Going to, I believe it's 3rd Street, two blocks up on the left-hand side. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com 
a website. You click on the Groovathon box, which is on the top row. It's going to take you right to the show page where you're going to see the listings for every show that's ever been done with every song that's ever been played. And at the top of that list, you're going to see a link for Precision Auto Works. And above that, yeah, okay, we are now available to be listened to very easily on SoundCloud. Yeah, you just okay. click on the play button on any one of them. On Scroll on show, through. Every show is there. I have a big, yes. as long as we are thanking, you know, I'm taking care of people who take care of us. It is Angel Espino. Espino. The Jackal. The Jackal. Angel. And gentlemen. Our genuine angel has. Yes, indeed. Has basically. He's basically done this yeah. to a certain degree. PSN Radio. He's been uh, helping us out uh, here on SoFlow. He's uh, their sister station, and uh, we've been uh, talking about each other. He's been helping us more than we've helped him. Well, <laughs> you know that, what? Yeah. We're back on the air. Yeah. And the Groovathon bump. Okay? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to make sure. That he gets on that, but He's you know, sending out some mahalos. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something though. It's you know, the, the labor of love thing. I mean, it's nice to find in this age of, you know, radio gobbling, gourmandizing mm-hmm. behemoths. You know, yes. iHeartRadio and and I can't even remember the other ones. There's like two. Or, there's literally like I think four mm-hmm. companies that own two thirds of all the radio stations in America. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just. Freaking sick, but you can listen to every show. Guess what? For free. Right. That's right. You want to know why? You can't put a price on Groove. Come on, man. Okay. Nine five four two four seven nine three six two Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It is the place where people who love their cars take their cars. I spent an entire year working on uh, my hang time. You know, I I, excellent, I see. I've been, yeah. I've been no, working. I, I can see you grew your fingernails out for the uh, the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you all know what that means. Yeah, baby, it's time for the drive groove, yo. Gramps Master Speedy Gonzalez. You got the tire smoking over I'm there? I'm ready. All right, then let's pop the clutch on the drive groove at SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
Oh. 
There you go, baby. Red-headed lady. That is from Urban Blue from their uh, first CD. It came out in 2004. It's called It's Different Today. There's a definite, for me personally, there is like an ode to Roy Buchanan in that song, that that whiff of Roy Buchanan. The, those guys, the, uh, the guys in that band, uh, Mark Pilat and Mark Mayo, uh, Pilat's on bass, Mayo's on guitar. I, I actually know... You know, these guys uh, through, you know, this is one of those uh, Facebook relations. Okay. I know them through Tom Semioli's Know Your Bass Player. Mm-hmm. I, and I played some time ago uh, on a previous show. These guys have been together. They call themselves the Partners in Crime. I think that's like literally their, their you know, their company or whatever it's called. But uh, they were in a band called Haystacks Balboa which was, you know, back in, I guess, 69. And uh, I played one of the songs that they had come out with way back when uh, called Spoiler, which is a, you know, fantastic rock tune. So that is, uh, you know, something I've been wanting to play for a while. These guys are these guys are some pretty cool cats. I mean, look at it from this point of view. It's 50 years on since they formed the band Haystacks Balboa. Okay. And they're still grooving it. You know, they're still together writing songs, grooving songs. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. Before that, I love this this, this track. There's, the whole CD is great. It's The Irradiates. The song is called Give Human Beings a Last Chance. These cats are out of France. Um, the name of the uh, CD, it's a, a compilation CD of, like, French psychedelic instrumental Surf music, and it's called L'Appel de, le, de la Musique Surf. Okay. came out in 2012, and it, uh, it reminded me, of, I mean, first of all, shit's off the chain. That song is just wild, mm. man. Right? And it reminded me a little bit of uh, the band uh, The Retroliners, which my friend Paul Page, who's, you know, plays with uh, Inner's Ramp Band and stuff, he does him and Mark Bott and um, uh, uh, Steve Hawley. You know, mm-hmm. Paul is bass, Steve Holly's a drummer. They play in a bunch of bands, uh Sydney Green Street band I've played them before. And they do some work on this, uh, as well as a few retro liners uh CDs out there. It's, it's some interesting stuff, man. It's really cool stuff. The irradiates though. You definitely want to check that out. It's, it's that is that's some wild shit right there. Before that Gary Clark Jr. don't know you a thing that's from his live C D came out in two thousand fourteen. Before that, yeah. Ode to my mom. The song is Faith, and it, this one, uh, this version of it is done by Dave Fashinsky. It's uh, originally, of course, a uh, Ma Vishnu, uh, John McLaughlin Ma Vishnu uh, song. Um, there is a uh, compilation, one of those tribute albums, you know. There's like a bazillion of them out there for every guitar player, you know, in the world. And it's like the same rotating, you know, group of shredding masters out there, you know, uh, Dave Fushinsky, Frank Gambale, Al Demiola, Steve Morse, um, Steve Lukather, Robin Ford, and this one for uh, Ma Vishnu, uh, it's called Visions of an Inner Mounting Apocalypse, came out in 2005. Fushinsky is also uh, in uh, the band uh, Screaming Headless Torsos. I played them uh, in the past as well. And kicking off the set, Cannot Go Wrong. ZZ Top, Coco Blue from Real Grand Mud. It was their uh, second 
album that they came out with, Billy Gibbons and the Boys. I, that was the album they came out with right before they basically went big time with, I think it was Trace Hombres. Okay. Was the album right? Was it? I wrote this down somewhere. Yep. Trace Hombres got that one right. So, you know, you can't, you really can't go wrong with that. So there it is, baby. There it is. Well, Show 90 in the books, three and a half hours. You know, yeah, but, and but that's the thing. Five full sets. And well, we don't I, rush through the groove. Yeah, we don't want to rush through the group. And the other thing is, just, I figure we owe it to the Grooveteers out there. We, there you I, go. I nice felt guilty. Show. I felt guilty. I felt like, you know, I had hooked them on Groove and then just cut off their supply. But we are back on the corner. We are slanging again. Okay? And, and it's yeah. uncut. Okay? This is uncut Groove. It is not. It is a genre. There's my word. A genre without genre and i've got sets arranged for a couple of the future shows that will leave no doubt as to the authenticity of that word a genre our a genreality is unquestionable all righty all right unquestionable i i will tell you something i wrote this and i said you know a couple of months ago it occurred to me that perhaps I shouldn't have presumed that uh, everyone would know when I said on the last show that we did before this one, when I said, okay, you know, we're going to be back in two weeks, mm-hmm. that what I meant was in a year. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad about that. But you know what? This time, I really mean it. I love you, baby. This time, I really mean it. It's not like all the other times where I just wanted to get I, laid. This I, time, I, I, I really I, I, mean I it. I can feel it. I can feel you the feel love. feel that thing? But I, we are. We're coming back because... And I'll tell you, I love the new digs. I yeah, love way comfy. It is nice to, everything. Wood, these wooden floors. It's like a church in here. The wooden floors the everywhere. Beer, sure. Oh, I'm um, so yeah, Thank you. I found, you, this, this, I found the, I, the, your housewarming present, and I'm and I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's canned right over here on the beach, just minutes from where we're sitting, because I recognize uh, this this writing and this logo oh, yeah? uh, from the from the sign over there, which is a brewery. So a locals only uh, lager. Yeah, locals lager only beer. lager. It is. Uh, what is it? I, I think yeah, it's from yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood Brewing Company, and then I'm pretty sure that's the place that's right over here. Just I saw it, what popped into my head Wonderful. Yeah. Was, was, Hollywood. was when you would say, you know, when it was really high, you were this like, is, that's um, a steam bath, locals only. This, this block, this is a good Hollywood block. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah. This whole neighborhood. Yeah, around I'm here. in this a good, like in a good old, spot. This is old time close, Hollywood. Close to downtown, close enough to downtown to be handy to it and far enough away to uh, be able to afford it. Yeah, this is because, you know, I was yeah. looking in the backyard and, and mm-hmm. all of these um, places, it's like the old style where they've got the granny shack, as my mother would call it. The granny shack, but also we've got big alleys and the garbage cans yeah, are in the back. The so we don't have smelly garbage cans in our front yard. Front yard, yes. I yeah. spotted that too. These are all yeah, the, the classy, alleys. Classy, man. It's rich vacation people's homes. So, Just remember. Yeah. So we what are, did we learn today? Do rich people go to heaven according to Jesus? They do, they do not. not, not under rich. any. What about if I do all of the other things in the Bible, Jesus? Right. What about that? But what if I do all the other things except that one thing that you said I had to do? It's called buffet. Yeah. These are the same yeah. people. It's buffet no. Bibleism. It's the Jesus same thing with the buffet not, constitutionalists. Said not. You know, he doesn't often, Jesus doesn't often wind up and pitch like that. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. Throws one right down the middle. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not a curveball. This isn't the, the fucking twelve six yacker. I, I want to, you know, telling it like it is. It's not Bert Blylevin on the mound. A little preview of the show. It's called, Nolan Ryan. The show called uh, "Stating the Obvious" with your host, the disembodied voice. Now, <laughs> we we yeah. will talk about that in the future. I mean, mm-hmm. look, there is a place for that, 
and not simply that there is a place. It is that place is is absolutely necessary in this day and age. Okay, if I have that, to appear on another show, it's just going to be this box. I'll be in this big cardboard box and with a hole in it, and they can just put the microphone up to the hole. <laughs> I was going to say, you're and I'll talk a, uh, into the hole. I got this all is, figured what out. Is it, what is it like uh, from Lawnmower Man? The movie, you know, with a, yeah. What is I can't remember what it's called, but you know, you're yeah, virtual. But no, yeah. it's a disembodied voice. Huh? Yeah, I'm not a person. I'm just the voice <laughs> of reality, stating the obvious. Maybe a new band, disembodied voice. Yeah. All right, or just disembodied. The yeah, disembodied. The, the DV they should call me. There it is. The disembodied. Yeah, D voice. There it is. So we got one in the books. This was, you know, I'm, a lot I'm, of fun. I've got so much groove lined up for future shows. We are coming back in two okay. weeks. We're not sure what day of the week we're going to be doing this. Yeah, it at, looks like at though Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, maybe I don't know. We'll have to talk about that because uh, it's every, every no no day is good for me. I got to find the least bad day. Uh, but Thursdays might be better. Tuesdays even better. Well, I don't we'll, know. we'll see. You know, we'll there's see. there's no set day. On no. the other hand, of course, you know, no day is good for you. On the yeah. other hand, every day is good for groove. That's right. There is no bad day for good groove. It doesn't exist. You know? But we're right. going to be coming back within two weeks. Does that sound about right to yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. You know? Maybe even a little bit faster. Who okay. Knows? All right. All right. But we're definitely coming back. You know why? Because we're back, baby. The groove of Don is back. We are back. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've never been happier. Awesome. I am fucking psyched, man. I miss this. I literally yeah. had to spew my venom. I had to find my my primal scream therapy, you know, and 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 find another way, you know, to do it. So I did tons and tons of writing, you know, and I wrote, wrote. And here's the thing. Because I'm like anal retentive OCD, I can never completely finish editing any piece of writing because every time I do it and reread it, I find something else that... Something I want to change, whether it's just a comma or a word or, or anything. Whereas if I do this, mm-hmm. nothing. Can't change it. You say it, it's there. It's there. Yeah, we're, you know, we're live, baby. With that in mind, we're going to be coming back ultra soon and trying to do the exact same thing again, but just a little, a little teeny bit better for myself. And George Rodriguez, Graham Smash to Flash. As always, it is peace and aloha. Good night, Ma. People get ready. There's a train coming. Get on board All we need is faith To hear the Jesus humming Don't need no tickets We'll just thank the Lord People get ready For the train to Jordan It's picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Open the doors and border There's hope for Among his love the more